2: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of FinSider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh Show. I am Josh Houts, and before I introduce my trusty co-host Jake Mendel, I need to remind you: like, subscribe, leave us a five-star rating, tell us how much you enjoy this podcast. Because without you, there is no us. We had our first padded practice. We dropped a podcast earlier this week. Uh, thank you all for listening to that. And now we are going to recap the rest of the week's worth of padded practice, all the news and notes all the nuggets from Davey. With all of that said, let me introduce to you my co-host, Jake Mendel. How's it going today, Jake?
3: Hey, Josh. You know, uh, I, I never thought this was something I would say, but, you know, I'm struggling a little bit over here. Um, I'm a two monitor person, you know, working from home like, like a lot of people are. You know, I, I love having my two monitors set up. One of them went kaput. And all I can say is I never understood how hard it would be to have just one monitor. But we're here, we're dealing with it, and we were going to record yesterday, but man, we, we hit like a peak Dolphins Twitter day today. If, if you aren't, you know, a member of Twitter, I think if you sign up, following me, I, I'd appreciate it, I'd love it, but I mean, Josh, you you kind of, if you don't tweet something, you retweet it in the sense of anything that happens in Dolphins-related news, uh, um, you are on top of it, and today... Uh, Let's just jump right right into it. We'll start at the top of uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick left practice. Uh, you you t- messaged me on Twitter earlier that he left practice and I was kind of working all this morning. So I was kind of, well, is it a big deal or anything? And we're not really sure. A lot of these things, they're kind of kept in the dark, but we know it's not COVID related. But we are only... Again, I'm saying this is blowing my mind 23 days uh, from the start of the regular season. So, Josh, take me through what your mindset was when you heard that Fitzpatrick will be taking a leave of absence. Again, we don't know how long. He could be back Monday. Everything could be just fine. But, you know, it's, it's hard when you see something like this, just like when you see a player down on the field injured. It's not hard to assume the worst uh, in a situation like this. So walk me through your thoughts.
2: Earlier today, Brian Flores met with the media, and one of the first things he said when he spoke to the Dolphins media was that Ryan Fitzpatrick and Kayvon Fraser. Would not be a practice today. He specified it was personal, re- personal reasons. Uh, later on, I think uh, Barry Jackson reported that uh, someone from Ryan Fitzpatrick's camp said it was not COVID nineteen related. So we do not know the severity of you know either of these issues. But what we do know is the Dolphins brought in Jake Roddick last uh, yesterday, I believe, for a workout. You know, he was with the Dolphins last season. He was a little on the practice squad a little bit. So they brought in a quarterback. So to me, that says maybe they do think this could be a, a a lasting thing here with Fitzpatrick. Again, we do not know the severity. We're purely speculating. But, I mean, this has slowly gone from having a 17-year veteran, a guy that knows the offense, a guy that won five games last year, with this motley crew that the Dolphins uh, assembled. And, you know, you thought he was going to be this guy that spoke Galey's offense fluently, that was going to go out there and at least be the starter week one and, and at least help these younger guys along. Now we're seeing it's it's Tua Tungvaluwa, 22-year-old Tua Tungvaluwa, and 23-year-old Josh Rosen. And depending on Fitzpatrick's time frame, I mean, this is the battle. Again, you said 23 days away. I saw Adam Beasley tweet that out, and my head almost exploded. I cannot believe we are this close to the season. And, again, we don't know the severity, but if he's out for, you know, a week or two weeks, I mean, this could have a significant impact on that week one game. And, again, it's Tua Tungle-Vailoa versus Josh Rosen. And as we're going to talk about, as we're going to see throughout the day, if you are on Twitter, if you are on Facebook, on Reddit, you are going to see people overreacting because Safi Dean of the Sun-Sentinel a uh, short time ago, posted some of the statistics from today's uh, Dolphins camp, and it was not very nice for Dolphin fans. You know, everyone kind of, it's the doom and gloom part of the season. It's just what we do. Let me give you a rundown of the stats. Here you go. Josh Rosen, 6 of 14, 104 yards, one touchdown, sack three times, two a 6 of 15, 99 yards, two interceptions, one near interception, and a sack. So, I know that's a lot to digest. I know you weren't uh, able to sit here and see all this stuff unfold on live time, but tell me what you think of everything that you kind of just heard, whether it be Ryan Fitzpatrick, whether it be the quarterback position, if they have to go on from there, what are your thoughts on the Dolphins' current situation?
3: So here we go. I'm going to walk you off the bridge, or if you already jumped off the bridge, I'm going to try to catch you as fast as I can because a couple I'm things good. to take away. I'm good. <laughs> You're good? Are you sure? Are you yeah, sure? I, really, I really am. <laughs> uh Jake Rudock, uh, who they had come in is a guy who has spent time with the Miami dolphins in the past. Um, if this was a truly desperate situation, I would think they would be looking, uh, uh, high and low to try to bring in a quarterback, uh, and really try to fill that room back up if it was a long-term injury. But Ruddock, someone who knows the coaching staff, someone who knows the system, he's been flirting with the Dolphins uh, for years, whether it's on the practice squad or somehow uh, being that third active quarterback. I'm not too concerned about that. I just wonder if that was a practice squad guy. Maybe they're starting to understand and maybe have an idea of how many practice squad guys they have on the roster they want to keep. And maybe they would like to keep another quarterback. You know, you can really groom these guys and and really get some sort of compensation uh, just by – the hype around them. I mean, that's how desperate teams are to find quarterbacks. Uh, When we look at Ryan Fitzpatrick missing time, yes, obviously, like I mentioned earlier, you had to be concerned, but you hit the nail on the head in the sense of Chan Gailey's offense is something he understands quite well. Uh, He was his coach in two different scenarios, both Buffalo and New York. That's not something I think I'd be too concerned about if it was game week and he's still not active. I'd say, "Uh Oh, we're in trouble. But up until that point for a 37 year old veteran who knows the game so well, who practices, uh, You know, we hear about Brian Flores, Changi, all these guys talking about how he's like a coach out there. He understands the system. He knows it quite well. This is something I would not be too, too concerned with just yet. All right, so then we slide over to both Rosen and Tua. Uh, Tua threw 15 passes, Rosen threw 14. They both completed six. But what really stood out to me is not the interceptions. Not the interceptions whatsoever. Because when you look at those six completions for each of them, six completions for 104 yards for Rosen. Tua, six completions for 99 yards. These aren't dinking and dunking passes that we're used to seeing that the Miami Dolphins do, where you can really – Engage and understand their offense. It was what they did a bunch under Ryan Tannehill before they let him, you know, air it out. And obviously, when you dink and dunk, you can still go for the deep ball. We saw Tom Brady doing that for years. It seemed like what they're focused on today is more of those deeper passes. We know Tua's bread and butter is those out routes, is those slant routes, are those over the middle, the five to seven to nine yard routes. But it seemed like today they were really shooting for those 15 to 20 yard games. Uh, we saw, we heard about Tua and Rosen both completing deep balls to Jakeen Grant uh, earlier this week and even going going into last week. So uh, Dolphins fans, please step off the edge here. I think a lot of this could be with what the Dolphins are trying to do. They're trying to do different things, maybe look at different passes, because here it seems like when you look at those averages of 15 to 20 yards per completion, I think you start to understand of what the Dolphins are trying to accomplish um, and, and what they're trying to do. Obviously, another thing to keep in mind, too, is these guys are both getting first-team snaps. You know who Tua and Rosen both were not throwing to in, in you know, previous uh um, scrimmages or whatever it may be in terms of uh personnel first string wide receivers right so these are guys who are still needing to establish chemistry for them with themselves we can kind of argue against that frozen in the sense he was here last year he's worked with a lot of these guys yada 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 but when you're spending a training camp understanding how specific re- receivers jump out of routes where they're going to be, it takes a little bit of an adjustment period. This has been one practice, ladies and gentlemen. That is something we shouldn't worry about. And what kind of makes things worse in terms of being a Dolphins fan and this uh, tornado of disaster we're dealing with today, apparently, um, was a quote a tweet about Joe Burrow going 6-for-6 six six on his first drive for 69 yards, including a six-yard touchdown pass to Auden Tate. Um, you can kind of see that and be like, oh, no, we shouldn't tanked. It is training camp. Joe Burrow has been working for, with the first team uh, trying to figure out his situation since he was drafted. Since before he was drafted, he was the number one overall pick to the Bengals and knowing his wide receivers and things like that. So I really can't think of a way where it's fair to compare these things. Uh, it's one day. It's one week. We still have 20-something days until the season. Uh, there's going to be bumpy th- bumpy days, bumpy games even. Believe it or not, Tua, Josh Rosen, they're not going to go out and throw three touchdowns, four touchdowns every game. It's okay, Dolphin fans. We're going to get through this. There's nothing to worry about. And honestly, I think, Josh, that the biggest concern we have from Friday's practice, today's practice, is... Jerome Baker walking off the field with an injury. He was able to go off uh, under his own power. We'll we'll get into the different injuries we've seen this week and how they've developed. And I think Baker's a good way to start. Uh, It's a little pretty unknown, but seeing him walk off, hearing him walk off the field, uh, I mean, I know he didn't return, but the second someone walks off the field, especially as a football player, you get the sense of, you know, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully things are going to be okay.
2: Yeah, and before I jump into Baker here, I just want to mention one thing with the whole two of things. Like you said, it's one week. This is the fourth in practice. Him, Josh Rosen, they're both learning a new offense, you know, and if Josh Rosen does have a good year, you know, if he does start week one, what's the worst case that happens? You know, the Dolphins have two very good quarterbacks. You know, they have a situation similar to Drew Brees and Phillip Rivers. It's not a bad thing. We have needed a quarterback for 20 years, okay? If it's Josh Rosen, if it's Tua Valoa, just be happy the Dolphins are finally respectable again, you know? So, uh... Back to Jerome Baker. Sorry, I had to go on that little rant. Back to Jerome Baker. I mean, we know what he means for this defense. Uh, We know how special of a player he can be, and we know that a lot of people are expecting big things for him this year. Again, we can't take too much away from these practices. We don't know too much of the situation or, or how it exactly happened. All we can do is sit here and hope that he's OK, because like you mentioned, I mean, it's it's been a week. We have uh, Sam McWavin, Eggman. He was placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. I believe he may have already have come off of that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and Vince Beagle, we know he suffered that Achilles injury. He's out for the year. And one of the Dolphins' biggest Achilles heels in 2019 or even the last several years has been their ability to get to the opposing quarterback. So to see that Vince Beagle's now heard, you know, Jerome Baker, a guy that can do a lot of different things in Brian Flores' defense, you know, at what point, and I know it's a little bit past us now, but I'm terrible at pronouncing his name, but the Jacksonville Jaguars pass rusher, you know, we heard the reports that he could be up on the block for a second-round pick. You know, do you think maybe some of this starts to spiral into into that situation where we know they had interest in Jadavian Clowney? You now got y- Yannick Nagoku. That's, that's how I always pronounce it. Uh, you know, you got Yannick there in Jacksonville. The report is it could be a second-round pick. The Dolphins have two second-round picks, so... Do you think that, and I know that this isn't in the run, but down, but do you think that, you know, we hear AVG's taking the next step and we're all excited for that. But do you think the Dolphins could go out there and say, you know what, 2020, uncertain season, why not turn this defense into a juggernaut, go out there and get a Yannick, bring him in here for a second round pick in a season where, you know, you can't scout these players the same way you could. So uh, I know I'm spitballing here, but what are your thoughts on that type of situation?
3: Um, first of all, I do have to say it's pretty, I'm pretty bummed about Vince Beagle. I mean, you just love the passion and energy he played with and, and, you know, seeing him have success was awesome after being, you know, a quote unquote throwaway in the Kiko Alonso deal. I mean, that is the diamonds in the rust we've been looking for and we're wishing him a very, very speedy recovery. Hopefully he'll be back with the team next year. Um, I am excited to see what someone like Andrew Van Ginkle can do in uh, a larger amount of playing time. I believe he was activated around week 11. So, and and there were some bright spots. There were some things to like, but uh, once you start to mention trading off a second round pick for a pass rusher, um, the only thing I can think about is the sense of nobody expected the Dolphins to compete this year. Um, If this was the 2021 season. And this is a situation where the Dolphins, you know, suffer an injury and they they absolutely need a pass rusher. I'd say it's a no-brainer in the sense of the Dolphins, are their cap situation is looking relatively clean. They have all those draft picks. You mentioned two second-round picks. Um, and it seems like a no-brainer, but this season, uh, I think we're still trying to figure out what we have uh, on the gu- with the guys on this team. Someone who I'm really surprised we haven't heard much of is Sam Aguavin, who was originally brought in, and you know everyone was kind of raving about his ability to uh, cover his coverage ability, you know, as that linebacker who can really keep up with those tight ends, keeping with those running backs. But then we start to see those uh, sack dances that he did, where I think it was like riding the motorcycle. I think that was him. Um, Stop me if I'm wrong, but this is a guy who I thought was... Not talked about enough this offseason. I mean, he was praised all of the 29 uh, preseason. Uh, he had a decent year. Obviously, the Dolphins kind of shook things up. You know, when Van Ginkle was healthy, when Vince Beagle really got comfortable, uh, Jerome Baker, when he was in the situations where he could really thrive, we saw Raquan McMillan really take off. But, I mean, Aguavin's a guy who I thought had potential to not maybe be the, the, the next coming of the greatest linebacker of all time, but a really serviceable guy who can rush the passer who can do a little bit of coverage and be a versatile uh, linebacker. And I'm not saying that he would be as good as um, making that trade there, but I think this season's really about seeing what these guys can do on both sides of the field. So I don't think I would make that trade just yet, especially when you kind of put into the sense of you need to sign... Uh, uh, the defensive end for a very expensive deal. That's why he's not staying in Jacksonville because they couldn't come to a contract agreement. So I think I'd hold off this season. I know it, it makes a lot of sense to do it this year, and if they do, I'm I'm not going to be upset. But I think I would just hold off when you have guys like uh, Sam Gwavin coming back, guys getting their second year in the uh, Brian Flores system, where I think that's what we truly want to see: guys in their second year really take that next step and understand the system. And I'm all all for that.
2: I feel the same way. I mean, there's lots of young talent here. I agree with you, Vince Beagle losing him. And that was a huge blow. And like you said, he was a throw-in in the Kiko Alonso trade. A lot of fans truly didn't really know what type of player he was. The guy went out there each and every day, grinded his ass off. You know, he, I think he led the Dolphins at the sacks last season. You know, he was going to hopefully take that next step this year. It was a huge uh, blow for the Dolphins' defense. I do need to throw out this quote from Flores on AVG from earlier today. He said, he's tough, he's smart, he loves to play. He's got some length, he's got some straight-line speed. He's made a lot of improvement. He's got some experience under his belt. He worked extremely hard in the offseason to make that first to second year leap. So I had to throw out Yannick just because, you know, it was kind of everything people were talking For about sure. a few days ago when it was reported. But I think you're right. You sit here and see what these younger players can do. AVG, take the next step, you know, wh- whoever else is that next man up. And you can't forget they brought in Kyle Noy. You know, they have a Guavin like we talked about. Jerome Baker should be healthy. Rayquan McMillan, Shackle, Lo- Emmanuel Agba. you know, they have all these players That are all going to have a variety of different roles. Uh, I'm I'm in a wait and see approach just like you are.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
3: Yeah, and with that, too, I mean, when you think about how the Dolphins operate, you know, whether we say they're a 3-4 or a 4-3, they're going to do a little bit of both. So, I mean, seeing someone like Christian Wilkins line up as a defensive end and even like a Raquan Davis is something we should um, not only see but expect. So I'm, I'm kind of excited. I mean, there's been nothing but good things said about Christian uh, Wilkins this offseason. Obviously, it's the preseason, and we don't really have these markers like games to really see these guys play and shine. We're really going off of what reporters are saying or, or what 12-second Instagram video we get. Um, but I think that is another thing we'll, 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 we could see is someone like a uh, Davis or Wilkins start to get a lot of those sacks that the Dolphins have been looking for. I think just the way they're going to line up and and spread their talent across the field.
2: I'm completely with you, and I think there's a lot of uncertainty all over the the Dolphins roster. And I think you know they got to figure this out throughout practice. We don't have the live game experience like you said, and I do hope you know it, I hope that sometime this offseason they do throw out a you know a, a scrimmage a clip of a scrimmage so we can sit here and discuss what player X or Y is doing, because it's nice to hear from these beat writers, but you know, they've been handicapped this off season. Give the fans a chance to at least see, you know, these two teams go against the offense, defense, the ones and twos, at least have them go against each other. Give us a chance to see that. That'd be awesome.
3: And uh, just to circle back to the, the Roddick conversations earlier. I mean, I don't think the dolphins are signing a, uh, uh, a guy, I'm, I'm, you know, we're jumping around a little bit here, and I apologize, but I don't think the Dolphins have any intention to sign him to play games. You know, we have a, a deep wide receiver room. We have tight ends up and down the roster who need work, and same with running backs. You need a third quarterback there. If you only have two, you have a, you know, whatever the the practice team. Uh, and in preseason, you have so many players who you want to see catch balls. I mean, that that is really what that looked like to me if it's Patrick's going to miss a week or two, bringing him in to be that third quarterback who can make those throws. Um, obviously, it's not going to be Malcolm Perry because he looked pretty good in the slot. But that's just another thing to think about as we close it out. I don't think there's there's any sign of there looking at Roddick to play or be a backup because, I mean, Rosen and Tua, if it has to be, I think are going to be the two guys on the roster. One thing I want to talk about is because the, the key of this offseason is we're not really getting a sense of starters backups and that type of thing because frankly we're not allowed to talk about it i mean you can't really prevent uh fans in the crowd from talking about it so i don't think that was really a thing in the past i don't know if it's just a one-year thing because of the covid19 protocols where uh, even i don't even know how it makes sense but even where beat reporters can't talk about who's starting it just seems strange but let's talk about the offensive line for a few minutes here, because I think we're starting to put together what's happening in terms of the five starters. Um, to let, let's go left tackle to right tackle and, and we'll go that way because um, I was listening to the Miami Herald podcast and they were basically doing a lot of the things they could to say who was getting looks with who without saying who was technically the starter. Uh, basically by saying you're saying things by not really saying them. Um, and one thing, or the first thing I want to bring up is it seems like Julian Davenport and, and basically all the second year veterans, quote unquote, uh, were given the, the, not given because obviously Forrest, you know, preaches the you know you need to every day is a battle. Everyone's got to work to it. Ri- when insert coach speak here, but it seems like Davenport was given every opportunity. But Austin Jackson, and you know, this doesn't necessarily mean he's been playing great, but Austin Jackson has done everything in his power to strong arm that position and, and really take over there. And you know, Austin Jackson mentioned he was w- he just turned twenty one. Crazy to think about and. Offensive uh, line coach, uh, what's uh, Stephen Marshall? Excuse me. He was talking about Austin Jackson, saying that um, being 21, it's young for this league. You know the hard work you're doing. It's a day in and day out grind, four plus hour meetings, practice, um, and it's up to them to can can they sustain that physical, mental standpoint. And it seems like Jackson's doing so well uh, so far, so well. Um, And then if we want to go over to uh, left guard. It seems like it's Eric Flowers' job. I mean, it, it better be if you're paying him ten billion dollars a year. Um, obviously, he's trying to work himself back into straight, back into shape. Excuse me, after coming off the COVID nineteen list. But that seems like uh, uh, where the Dolphins are going to go on the left side. Have you heard anything different? Are you feeling ever anything different from those two?
2: No, I think you're pretty much you know spot on there. I do think again we have to preach, Brian Flores' versatility there's a chance that, you know, these guys could be lining up at all sorts of different spots on the offensive line. So you know, what a beat writer's saying or what we're kind of speculating, it could be completely different on game day, but I think you're absolutely right. Austin Jackson, Eric Flowers, Ted Karras obviously seems like he's going to be that center. And then you look at the right the right guard, and I think that's kind of been the biggest surprise here early on, Solomon Kinley. Steve Marshall joked that, you know, he's such a big dude that even his grandmother can see just how <laughs> physical and, and and big and massive this guy is. Here's a quote from Marshall McKinley. He's a big man. He's a smart guy. He loves to play the game. A guy that's 21 and left college early to play in the NFL. He wants to be a very good player. It's a lot to take away here, a lot of uncertainty, but to hear that Solomon McKinley could become that starting right guard this early in camp, I mean, that's awesome. And then right tackle kind of still seems to be up in the air. Uh, we kind of all hope that Robert Hunt takes that over, but uh, what do you think ultimately is decided who takes over there at the right tackle spot?
3: The whole right side of the line has been incredibly surprising to me thus far. Um, I thought for sure Big Bob Hunt would have one of those two um, positions. I even, like I said on this podcast, I'd be okay with him putting him at guard if it means he can be plugged in and played. Um, But Solomon Kinley, that's awesome to see. It's awesome to see all this praise. I think the right side of the offensive line has been the biggest surprise so far. When we're trying to puzzle together what's really happening here, uh, that right guard position, I thought maybe Big Bob Hunt would be right there, take that spot right away, because everything I've read, everything i watched, it seems like you could slide him into guard, and he could play right away. But if you want to play him at tackle, it might take a little more time, but he's surely capable of doing it. So who we have at guard is Solomon Kinley, who is – I mean, he's just getting praised left and right, and it's awesome to see a a fourth-round pick really just slide right in there because I think for years you see what the Patriots do where I think at 27-2018 they're signing undrafted guy here, uh, seventh-round pick here, plugged him in, and the offensive line is just fine. And I always scratch my head about how the Dolphins make it so complicated to have an offensive line that isn't good, isn't great, that's just average or even a little below average because they've been just the worst absolutely the worst offensive line in football for years. So, I mean, I'm very excited to see that. And then it seems like Jesse Davis, who, who you know, the Dolphins can't seem to shake. He's doing everything he can to keep Robert Hunt uh, as in that second unit on the right tackle position. So that's kind of what I've really taken away, is that that right side of the line, it's exciting to see someone like Jesse Davis step up, but you have to be a little concerned. Is that uh, more about Jesse Davis or more about uh, what Robert Hunt's been doing?
2: Yeah, man, I, I think you've completely touched on everything that we needed to say about the offensive line. Another position that I'm kind of really intrigued about, and this will be the last thing we talk about, is that cornerback spot, and we've heard everything about Xavier Howard. We know that he's injured. Uh, we know that he's on the COVID-19 slash reserve list. Uh, we don't know if he'll be ready week one. I would say that there's a good chance he won't be, which means that the Dolphins need a cornerback to play opposite of Byron Jones, and we know that Nick Needham had a very good year last season. Thrown into the mix there, you know, once Xavier Howard went on IR, But Noah Igbenogany, he's been one of those players, and we're talking about these guys getting these rave reviews of Solomon Kinley. You know, um, this guy, that guy, we're talking about these guys. Noah Igbenogany needs to be in that category because it sounds like he is just getting rave reviews. sounds like he is a physical corner that, I mean, he's going out there, and I saw him say something about Preston Williams called a pass on him, and he was just absolutely upset with himself. He was, you know, slamming the ground. He was angry because he gave up a catch to, you know, one of the better wide receivers in the NFL, and so I'm excited to see what Igbenogany can do. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that, you know, he is going to be that starter. I do think it is going to be a battle there with Nick Needham, but I think we're starting to kind of see why the Dolphins drafted Igbenogany when they did, and you hope for Xavier Howard's speed recovery. You think that once he's back, you know, this is going to be one of the most dominant secondaries in the NFL, but for now, they need to see what they have there, and as of now, it's it's 20-year-old Noah Igbenogany. What are your thoughts on this guy um, and the cornerback position moving forward?
3: I love, love, love that Uh, you grouped me in with you saying that Preston Williams is one of the better receivers in the NFL. I'm not that sold on him just yet, but I love the confidence. I think he's definitely got that uh, capability. I know you're a big fan of him. Uh, God, I mean, I think if you go back a year ago or if uh, right now Chris Greer and Brian Flores could like open up a time portal and like just look at 2019. I wonder if they'd be concerned about the contract they gave Xavier Howard because he's on the COVID list. He's on the unable to p- play list. Uh, you got to be concerned. I mean, we're 20 something 23 days away from the start of the regular season, but I mean, that's why you spend a first on Igbenogany. I mean, it's a little frustrating to pay two quarters that much money just to draft a third, um, but, I mean, that's the type of NFL we're in, and and hopefully uh, X will be, at, be back soon. Hopefully, you know, I think week one's starting to look a little concerning, but, I mean, after week four, after week five, if, if he can come back and that defense is on a whole nother level, I think that'd be really exciting to see. I think you have to like what we've seen from Ig Bonagni and Nick Needham, and the, the cool thing about both of them is whether X is playing or he's not, you have a pretty good slot corner in, if it's Needham. If it's uh, Igben Agni, I think both of these guys can do that, and I think that's a really special unit the Dolphins are putting together. But I think you know health is such a key. Uh, again, Igben Agni is someone we were hearing great things about, but it, you know, you'd love to see him uh, in some live action before you really jump to that conclusion. And since we're talking secondary, I mean, Brandon Jones is another guy who's been getting a lot of love by the Dolphins. There's a video posted uh, earlier about Jakeem, uh it was a Jakeem Grant making a, a, a very nice stop and go move uh, with the ball in his hands and Brandon Jones. I mean, he, he lost, he, he was lost facing Jakeem for a second, but uh, both Travis Wingfield of Dolphins drive and both uh, CK Perry of three yards per carry were raving about Brandon Jones ability to reclose on Jakeem Grant. And, you know, gr- Grant's in this league because of his speed and Jones being able to really clean up that quickly. I mean, that's exciting to see, too, because that's what his safety is. He's your safety net. You know, even if he gets beat, if he can, you know, turn a 70-yard touchdown into a 50-yard completion and then you have your red zone defense really uh, tightening in and stopping them and maybe converting that seven points down to just three. I mean, that is so important in the NFL, and I think that's so exciting to see because there have been years where, and, you know, I love Bobby McCain. I hope everything works, but I remember last year we saw him kind of chasing guys into the end zone and things like that. So, I mean, you got to love someone's ability to, you know, make those plays because, like I've said before on this podcast, quarterbacks, just because the Dolphins' defense is so good, it doesn't mean they're going to go Look like Tua and Josh Rosen's numbers today in terms of like six for 16 for 99 yards and two interceptions. That's just not how the NFL operates. So, from being able to turn a, a 70 yard touchdown to a 50 yard completion where that touchdown gets erased and turns into a field goal, I mean, that is how you make a defense special. It's, it's limiting the touchdowns, not necessarily the big plays.
2: I think my favorite part about, the discussions that we're having today is we're talking about all these players that are, are getting these rave reviews or getting these opportunities. And they're all these young players. I mean, you mentioned Mm -hmm. Brandon Jones and Dolphin fans love this guy. And today he came out and he said, I've been working everywhere. You know, he's been playing in the slot. He's been playing (laughs) down in the box. He's been doing everything that Minka Fitzpatrick would. And if we're being completely honest, so it's great to see Brandon Jones, here's a quote from him uh, on, you know, being mentored by these veteran defensive backs, it's always good when you can get around vets. You just pick their brains. This is obviously a different situation. I'm just staying under the older guys' wings, learning as much as possible. I'm just trying to learn and get better. So, uh, the Dolphins drafted Brandon Jones. We talked about how good of a draft class, at least I thought it was, from mm-hmm. the safety position. Dolphins on Brandon Jones. Uh, you know, we could see why sooner than later. So, lots of excitement around this Dolphins team, particularly these younger players and. It's just going to continue to grow as this offseason goes on, as the season goes on, and hopefully, you know, 2021, that's the year these Dolphins are all ready to settle, get together, and you know, make good things happen.
3: Yeah, you I mean that I think that's so key is when, you know, everyone was kind of I wouldn't say freaking out, but a little annoyed that the Dolphins let safety go, safety go, safety go. That's, you know, we're top forty picks who maybe even slid a little bit, and then taking Brandon Jones at that 70th overall pick. I think that could be a real um I told you so moment. For this coaching staff, uh, the scouting department. If he ends up being the stud or ends up being a great player, that the Dolphins were able to uh, snatch and without having to spend, you know, that first or second round pick, some of those guys needed. Uh, if you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, please, please, please hit us with a review. Let us know your thoughts. We're currently sitting at a quote-unquote nice number, uh, but we've been there for a while, and I'd love to see that number keep going up. Uh, if you can, hit us with a review. Hit us with your questions on there. We'll always answer them. we love to talk with you guys. Follow us on Twitter. Again, House has had his finger on the pulse of everything happening in training camp so far, so hit him with a follow, H-O-U-T-Z. Uh He's he's a much better follow than I am, but I am Jay Mendel, uh, 94 on Twitter mostly. Uh, you'll see us ranting or raving about whatever uh, gripes we have about the Dolphins that given day. Again, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. This is been Radio. I hope you're not getting sick to us. As we said, we're going to be going to two shows a week. We're going to try to release depending on how important information is as it comes out, so stay tuned for that. Again, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And most importantly, Josh... this
1: Radio, part of the Fitsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins.